Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome podcast. Welcome to episode 43 of the Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I am fired up to get you this app as today's guest is somebody that I'm personally fascinated with and I've been efforting. I've been efforting him trying to get a positive response. Listen, when we go out, here's a newsflash, not everybody says yes. Now, everybody who does say yes is happy they do. I know this because every last one of them has told me so after the fact, but not everybody says yes. Now, the funny thing is, from my main gig, my sports talk gig, I've always said, and I've said this for years, I don't want everybody to say yes. If they do, that means I'm not doing my job. Except here, I do want everybody to say yes, as I would not be asking them if I did not want to meet them. Anyway, here, most people do say yes, and I am hyped that this week's guest, Craig Ballantyne, did as well. And here's the reason why I'm so hyped on Craig. He's a guy who, frankly, has been where we all have been and is now where virtually every one of us is trying to go. He's been to the brink, grinding countless hours a week as a personal trainer and binge drinking on the weekends only to end up in the emergency room after an anxiety attack that changed the entire direction and trajectory of his life. He made a couple of simple life-changing switches and then ultimately went from being, quote, an anxious drunk to become a disciplined rich dad. His words, not mine. And I love the fact that he calls himself a rich dad because this is the last dude who is going to tell you what he has other than peace of mind and a dream life. A dream life because of quality and not quantity. This is not a dude fronting hard on social media with his private jets and his cars and his watches and his yachts. Nothing wrong with that. Shiny things do even catch my eye. I'll own that. But at this point in my life, what I like even better than that is information, tactics, and strategies for living my best life. And this dude is here to give us indirect, digestible bites, info, and tactics that you can put into practice immediately. I absolutely love this conversation, and I love that I met somebody else who I can now consider a great resource. It's episode 43 of The Reinvention Project with Craig Ballantyne, and I guarantee you are all going to be all about this one, and it's coming at you right now. So, Craig, listen, absolutely great to meet you. Great to have you here. I think to fully understand where you are right now in the amazing life that you've created for yourself and everybody around you, I think you need to go back to where you started because, really, this is a fascinating journey. Let me start right here. What were you like and what was your life like in your 20s when you were putting in long hours as a personal trainer? Man, I was, you know, down in the gym from 6 a.m. to uh, basically 7 p.m. And I was really grinding it out, learning a lot from amazing people. But um, I like to say that I was a a good boy six days per week. And then on the seventh day, I drank. And that was hypocritical lifestyle that really got me in a lot of trouble. 
All right, so you wake up one morning and you experienced an episode that would change the direction and the trajectory of the rest of your life. Exactly what happened? So I woke up after a bender of a weekend, another foolish bender of a weekend. I, I was in this dark mood. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, my heart started pounding. And it was a thing. It was a beautiful day, beautiful, sunny spring day, the kind you wait all winter for in Toronto. And I woke up and it was just this really, really bad feeling. And it just got worse. And eventually it became like a heart attack. So I had tingling from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips. I had a tight chest, elevated heart rate, couldn't breathe properly. And this went on for six weeks straight. And it was all because of the anxiety, the, 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 the my mind was racing, the wheels were spinning and, and I just couldn't get out of that, that zone. All right, so I would imagine, Craig, there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are experiencing some form of anxiety, maybe not to that extent. But as you look back on that time, what was the source of your anxiety? Well, there was a bunch of things. And so I was, I'm an introverted person by nature. And I think I kept a lot of things bottled up inside of me. And so I didn't have any outlets like journaling. I wasn't doing podcasts. I wasn't writing books. And, it's, and I just kept all my thoughts inside and didn't share them with other people. And I kind of pushed everything down. And the way that I describe it, Jim, is, you know, if you, the more that you push and compress something, it's like the, that old can of snakes that people used to give people as a joke, you know, they would, it just pops out the more that you compress it. And that's the way that I felt like, you know, I suppressed my problems and the more I suppressed them, the more they exploded. And so for people listening, if you are going through that right now and you don't have an outlet, and for me, I actually used alcohol as an outlet, which made things worse. Well, that's where we need to make a shift and find some really positive outlets that allow you to get that jumbled up mess out of your head down on a paper, clear your mind so that you can start operating from a space of you know, gratitude and, and away from that negativity. All right. So we're getting, we're getting somewhere quickly right now. I wanted to ask you, and I, Craig, I should have followed up right when you said it, but when you said I was grinding, like I was putting in six days and going really hard. And then on that seventh day, I kind of came off the rails. I mean, I got to own this. I got to be really honest about this. My entire career, I've gone as hard as I could, you know, essentially seven days a week, but normally five days. And then on Saturday and Sunday, half days or whatever it were, but like you, I would go as hard as I possibly could, never drink during the week. And to this day, I actually still do this. And then on Saturday, I'm going to find myself an adult beverage. And then probably on, on Friday and Saturday both, what is the danger in that? Why is it not okay to work really hard and then reward yourself? Well, listen, we're already exhausting ourselves with our work. And then... <laughs> I actually quit drinking just in the last year. So I used to have like one or two drinks a month. And, you know, by taking a look at my aura ring, which is a sleep tracking um, stats thing, I realized just how badly I slept after a single drink. And so I decided there's an old phrase that I, I now fully believe in. It's easier to be 100% committed than 99% committed. Now, I don't look down on people that have an adult beverage, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody or anything like that. I'm just saying it actually suits my life better to be 100% in on the non-drinking. Yeah, but, you know, certainly alcohol contributes to exhaustion because it doesn't allow you to sleep very well. Uh, it allows you to get to sleep, but it doesn't actually allow you to have good deep sleep and good meaningful sleep. And so with the exhaustion with, you know, the ambitious people that are listening to this, I'm not saying neuter your ambition either. I'm saying, listen, you, you can actually be really ambitious. You can work a lot. You can make a huge impact. Um, but if you if you don't structure the recovery, both mental and physical in there, then you can lead to some sort of negative consequence, whether it is a panic attack, an anxiety attack, uh, you know, feelings of burnout, whatever it is. I've heard all sorts of, ever since I've written my books, Jim, I've received 
emails and Facebook messages from people in the emergency room at two o'clock in the morning saying, Craig, I woke up and it felt like there was a refrigerator on my chest. And I just don't want that to happen to anybody. And I know it even happens to professional athletes now are mentioning it. Um, and th there's a way out through, through using simple tools that can prevent you from getting in that state. We all have our favorite go-tos, right? Shirts, sweaters, jeans, this stuff you wear all the time. Let me tell you, I was getting dressed, and I realized one of my favorite all-time go-tos is Buck Mason. Buck Mason's clothes are second to none. They are timeless. They never go out of style. And I'm telling you, everything I get from Buck Mason right out of the box fits great. Buck Mason makes all the essentials, jeans, shirts, jackets, a ton of my go-tos, and so much more. And I'll tell you what I love. I love the tailored look and fit of their t-shirts. In fact, wash after wash, they still look just as good as when I first broke them out. The curved hem tee is fantastic. GQ loves it so much, they call it, quote, the best t-shirt in the game. Buck Mason rules. I mean, I'm telling you, this product is so good. And once you try Buck Mason yourself, you will find out that they will be your go-tos as well. So head on over to buckmason.com slash Rome and get a free tee with your first order. That's B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N.com slash Rome and get a free t-shirt with your first order. Buckmason.com slash Rome. That's buckmason.com slash Rome. All right, so you absolutely are not wrong about any of this. I accept everything you just said. How about a simple tool or two? If somebody feels like they're starting to kind of rip apart or even they've got a refrigerator on their chest, I know that if somebody were to work with you, you would take them through a long process. But is there a simple tool or two that they can start with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, let's do the disclaimer. Like, I'm not a doctor. You got to go to your doctor. You got to talk to your doctor. You got to maybe do a couple of physical tests. I did a couple of physical tests like it and just made sure there was nothing wrong with my heart. And once I knew that, then I could start implementing the tools that really took the weight of the world off my shoulder. Then I realized, oh, this is a fixable problem because it's not something physically wrong with me. So once you've done that, then you go in the first, like, it's almost like you start with like that 30,000 foot view, and then you work your way down to the nitty gritty. So first of all, the 30,000 30, foot view, you get a vision for your life and you understand the values that matter for you. And once you know your values and vision, they drive every decision. And so what I mean by that, Jim, is my values and vision is that I want to be like an energetic father in my, ch in my children's life. And so if I want to be energetic, and, and I'm actually old for having children, I have children in my 40s. And so if I want to be able to keep up with them, I have to take care of myself. So my values and my vision of my family drive every daily decision, what I put in my mouth, how often I exercise, even when I don't want to exercise, and so on and so forth. So you get that clarity, and then you can start to build out exactly what you need to do. But almost most importantly, Jim, is that people need to build boundaries and have a not to do list and protect themselves. Because in most cases, when I was a personal trainer, it's the same as, as a coach that I am today. It's not adding more stuff in that makes us better. In most cases, it's the removal of the negatives. So if you think about this, this is a really funny analogy. Like if you think it, think about two marathon runners, and you know, they're everything else being equal, you give one of them like the latest, greatest shoes. And then you give the other person a 500 pound backpack, like which one's more uh, a significant impact on their running the shoes. Yeah. And maybe you shave a minute or two off your time, 
but 500 pounds, 50 pound backpack is going to destroy your time. So it's removal of the negatives is often the most important thing that you can do. And so we often look there and have the biggest breakthroughs in that area. All right. So there's so much, Craig, so much good stuff in that. So much good stuff in that. And a number of things I wanted to ask you about. So I'm going to pick my spots. You had a post recently on Instagram that I absolutely loved. And it kind of is just in part what you just mentioned. You posted five things that you should never ever do and if we could just maybe run them down rapid fire and you can explain why these are five things that you should never do i think it's awesome number one do not gossip do not gossip what is the danger craig in sitting around and essentially talking shit about other people man uh, i mean so listen everybody it's human nature to want to do it but it doesn't get us anywhere And when we talk to somebody about that and they talk about somebody else back to us, understand that when they go to talk to somebody else, that's how they're talking about us. And so, you know, it just just doesn't do anything any good. And I believe it was a quote from, um, I forget her name, is is President Roosevelt's wife. And she said, small minds talk about other people. And it's like, oh, man, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's like, I don't want to just talk about other people. And so I actually started... um, minimizing my time with people that gossip because it just made me feel bad. And I realized there's so much more that we can be talking about and I could be learning from some great people. So let me focus my conversations there. I agree with you. I, I know people that are like that and they're not bad people per se. And there are things about them that I like, but I know that whenever we would go to dinner, this is what they would do. And I just had to cut them off. I'm like, that, that that's not good. That's not positive. That's not time well spent. Exactly. Our time is so short. Number two, do not hit snooze. It would seem self-evident, but what's the danger in hitting snooze and maybe giving yourself eight extra minutes? Is it really just eight extra minutes or is it something more costly? Well, first of all, there's two things. One, on the physiological side, you actually get eight minutes of crappy sleep and you end up more tired. But more importantly, my friend Bedros Koulian, who you should have on the show, great guy down in California, and he said, listen, when you hit snooze, you are telling your hopes and dreams that they can wait. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so the way to look at it is like, we've all seen those, those domino things where you hit one domino and the next thing you know is like three hours later, all these patterns have been knocked down. If you wake up and hit snooze, that's the negative domino. And then there's another negative domino and you get in a vicious cycle, uh, which is bad behaviors and bad thoughts. But if you hit a positive domino of getting up with your alarm, preferably even a little bit earlier, now you've been into the virtuous cycle. I've done one good behavior. So I'm going to do another good behavior. I'm going to do another good behavior. I want to get on a winning streak, right? We all want, you know, we're all probably love sports here. We all want to be on a winning streak in life. And so hit that positive domino by not hitting snooze. Mm. You know, you mentioned Bedros. I actually did. He was one of the first guys, Craig, that when I got into this process, I called him and the response was, if you want to have me on the podcast, you come to me. And I just haven't done that. That's the only reason. But yeah, I I read his book. I think he's awesome. I agree with you. All right. So number three on your list of five things you never do. Do not argue with people about stupid stuff. Seems self-evident also, but go ahead. Break that down for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, it goes back to what you said before, we have a limited amount of time on this earth, we're not getting younger, we might be, you know, working out and getting younger biologically, but chronologically, we are not. And so listen, we need to make sure that we are using our time for the best purposes. And, and, you know, so so right now, Jim, it's like, it's the same with, uh, you know, reading email uh, newsletters, it's the same with checking out strangers on social media, like some stuff is great to learn. But every single minute you spend doing these things, arguing, 
reading email newsletters from strangers and watching strangers uh, videos, you're stealing from your kids, from your wife, from your fitness. You say, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, yeah, it's because you're arguing on the internet with somebody you don't know. And so, <laughs> right. so it's a waste of time. And, and as uh, I believe, I think it was Mark Twain who said, you know, never argue with an idiot. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. So, you know, just avoid arguing. That, period. That's great. I love that. Also, why, you know, most people, Craig, obviously they wake up and what do they do? They reach for their phone. They check their email. They check social media first thing in the morning. Why is that also something you should never do? Well, listen, when, when you do that, you might watch five good videos, you know, maybe go to Eric Thomas, go to Ed Milet, who I know you've had in the show, you go to these good people, but then you find like one negative comment on the video and you're like, you're like, want to get in a fight with somebody and it just gives you that, you know, it puts you down that negative domino path. And so if you get up and you do something positive, whether it's your workout or, you know, if, if you're an entrepreneur, then you go and do something for your business. Or if you're an author, you go and write a chapter for your book, whatever it is, man, that's a victory that the world can't take away from you. And if you jump into the social media stuff, then you're just reactive all day long and you end up with the day feeling very busy and full of activity, but not that accomplishment that we all want. All right, so Craig, I love the first four, but believe it or not, the fifth one is actually my favorite because this is where I live and this is what I struggle with and it angers me to no end. Number five on the list of things you should never do, quote, do not consume food that makes you feel like crap. I read this yesterday or two days ago from you in getting ready for this and it pumped me up because I've been telling myself this for years, but I had to hear it from you and what did I do? Had a good clean day, had a great Great workout, was really productive. Before I went to bed, bam, the demon that is the pantry sucked me in again. Eating crap makes you feel like crap, and not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. I know this, and I keep doing it. I need your thoughts on this. Yeah, so one thing that I'm a huge believer in is the power of public accountability. So, so 10 years ago, just as a challenge, I actually quit swearing in four days. And it's not because I have anything against people that swear. I'm swearing in my head all the time, but I don't swear on stage. I don't swear in the podcast. I don't swear when I'm talking to anybody. And, and it was just like, you know what? I'm going to go and tell my email list and I'm quitting swearing. And so by telling your, your email list, or you could tell your audience like, hey, listen, I'm going to, you know, for the next 21 days, I'm not going to have any snacks after eight o'clock or whatever. Now you put that out there. And if you go and break that, then you're going to be a hypocrite and nobody likes a hypocrite. It's like, you know, there's purse snatcher. And then underneath that in society is hypocrite. Nobody likes a hypocrite. So I believe in the power of public accountability. Now, the other things that you need to do is going back to what we talked about before, which is removing the negatives and removing the temptations. If you toss as many uh, temptations as possible, then it's going to make it much more difficult for you to do something of offending behavior. And then finally, the last thing is really, really powerful, which comes, uh, I must give credit to James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, which is shifting our identity. And Jim Rome just simply needs to shift his identity from the kind of guy who snacks every night after eight o'clock or nine o'clock um, to the type of, you know, hey, Jim is the type of person who eats really well all day long, including after dinner. And you know what, um, you know, maybe I, I have a, you know, I, I chew gum or I brush my teeth or, I, you know, I just drink water after dinner and, you know, I, I've got control and, you know, maybe once a week I, I treat myself and that's it. You know, that's just the type of guy that I am. And that is actually far more powerful than anything else. And so I'm the type of person who does not swear. I, I actually look at myself as a polite and courteous British gentleman who does not swear, who opens the door for people and who says hello to people when they come into the elevator. And, 
that's the, the way that I view myself. And when I view myself, I want to act in accordance with how I see myself because that gives me confidence and that gives me competence. And that's how I build my self-belief and improve every aspect of my life. As a small business owner, I know exactly what you're going through. You're juggling a hundred balls in the air and you do not have time to interview candidates who just aren't qualified for your role. You don't want that. LinkedIn Jobs understands that, and that's why they make it easier for you to find the people that you do want to interview faster and for free. I've been using LinkedIn Jobs for years. I absolutely love the product. Now you need to try it for yourself. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and then hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Hey, did you know that every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Rome. That's linkedin.com slash Rome to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. My guy, I hope I did not lose you on that S-bomb a few moments ago. Nah, no, man, no. All right. You know, I, I, I appreciate what you just said. I've tried brushing my teeth, but no, you, you nailed it. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy that goes into the pantry at night when I know I don't want to be that guy. So I agree with you. I need to shift that identity. But I yeah. think also there is something to it. I, I really think that it does mess with you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Craig, I want to ask you something, and if you can let me kind of set this up for a minute. You said something also that is literally the entire genesis of not only this podcast, but what I think is going to be the rest of my life, at least I hope. The reason I'm doing all of this, and of all the people I've spoken to and researched and studied, you are the first one to state it like this. Now, I've actually said this to myself, but again, to hear somebody else state it as emphatically as you have really did stop me dead in my tracks. Here's the statement, quote, what got you here won't get you there. What got you here won't get you there. That literally is what started me on this journey, and I said it to myself before I saw you say it, and it hit me between the eyes. Can you also lay that out for me? What do you mean by what got you here won't get you there? Yeah, for, yeah. so it's, it's an amazing quote, and, and it actually is the title of a book by uh, – another man named Marshall Goldsmith. And so credit to him. And it was like, ever since I've heard that, I repeat it over and over again, because, you know, what, what got, you know, pe for people listening, you might have a favorite baseball player, favorite basketball player, what got them to college level is not what got them to the pros, what got them their first, you know, hitting streak didn't get them, you know, to the, the all-star game, you know, they had to go and learn and learn and learn. Like how many times has Tiger Woods reinvented his swing? I think he's on like fifth or sixth time. And so what got him here will not get him to the next level. And what got us to lose 10 pounds will not get us to lose 20 or 30. If, if that's what we have to do, what got us to do, 
um, you know, to get our, our wife to our future wives to go out with us isn't enough to get them to get engaged with us. We have to do more and more and more. And so we continue to push each uh, push ourselves. And it's very much like what Ed Milet talks about. He always says that he's always looking to become the greatest version of himself. And so there's always another level. And we need to if we feel like we're stuck in a place in life, if we feel like we're at a plateau, if we feel like we're in a rut, we need to look at what we're doing. We need to deconstruct that and see where there's room for improvement and then understand where we are acting in our comfort zone and see the path to get out of there and step up to that higher level. And when we do that consistently and we stack those wins every day, you know, the next thing you know, you, you're just, you're an even better version of yourself. My man, were you really introverted at one point? Yeah, well, I mean, I still have introverted tendencies. I really do enjoy my time um, alone. But yeah, I mean, and, and so I, I say that because it's a, it's a mindset shift and identity shift. Most people walk around, they say I'm introverted, or I can never be on time, or I can never lose weight. And if you have that, that mindset, that self talk in your head, well, are you ever going to show up on time? No, you're never going to show up on time if you can never be on time. And so I, I was very introverted. And and it was actually difficult for me to really talk. And, and then, so I've done 600 podcasts, which is practice of not being introverted. And it's simply, uh, I've actually heard this story about Marlon Brando that he didn't, he was very introverted and he didn't like talking to fans and all that sort of stuff. And you understand like when you go on stage or when you go on a podcast, it's not acting. I mean, I believe everything I'm saying and I'm saying it at high energy because I absolutely love it, but I do turn on a switch. Whereas if you and I were talking and, you know, at a baseball game, just, you know, I, I would talk down in this low monotone voice probably. <laughs> no, sure. But when I get on these shows, I get just so pumped up about stuff because I've seen the change that it makes. So um, it's a combination of me being really excited about something, but also me going, being, uh, you know, labeling myself an introvert does not serve me. And so what serves me is serving other people. And I have to show up at another level to do that. I, I get that. Now, when you talk about a mindset shift, because this comes up every single episode, every single episode we do, I mean, in, in effect, what are we talking about here? We're trying to shift our mindset because then everything else will follow logically. Eff effectively, fundamentally, how long does it take to shift your mindset if you are motivated to do so? I mean, it can be very, very quick. Remember before I mentioned when I told my email list I was going to quit swearing, it took me four days. And so I, I did two things. One, I shifted my mindset about who I was and the type of person that I was. And two, I actually put in place a little punishment for every time I swore. It was like $20 in the swear jar and give it away sort of thing. Um, and so it's just like six swears, then four swears, four swears, two swears, and done. And so now I'm just not the person who does that. And I think that anybody can decide right now, you know, if, even if they're in their car and they're just going like, Hey, listen, I am now the type of person who exercises three times per week, or I'm the type of person who, you know, is going to gain 20 pounds of muscle or, or I'm going to be the best dad possible. Okay, great. So now we made the statement. The next thing we need to do is go and make a plan, right? I mean, you, you can't go and achieve something without a very detailed plan of achieving it. Just like if you want to get to New York from Los Angeles, you need a map, you need to buy a ticket, you need to do the things that will move you there. So now you've got the plan in place, you need to get accountability from somebody who's going to hold you to these changes, whether it's some and I actually recommend accountability to somebody you deeply do not want to disappoint. So whether that's your brother, whether that's, you know, a paid mentor, whether that's a, an older mentor, whatever it is, some you tell somebody I'm going to do this, and then you really 
realize like, I don't want to disappoint that person because I have respect for them and I want them to respect me. And that's key. And then it's making little quick victories, Jim. So, so people always say, well, how, you know, right now I'm the type of person who really struggles with, you know, nutrition and exercising regularly. Okay, great. Well, then tomorrow, what you're going to do is you're not going to go to the gym for an hour and a half and just eat chicken and broccoli. What you're going to do tomorrow is you're going to drink an extra liter of water and you're going to go for a 15 minute walk. You know, those are things that are achievable and you do them. And that competence in doing the thing gives you confidence and confidence in doing something gives you competence to come back and do it again tomorrow. And so, you know, for example, Jim, I just a real quick example here to sum things up is I started meditating on February, uh, no, January 28th, 2013. And just before Super Bowl weekend, I was in Florida in St. Petersburg at uh, Biltmore Hotel, I believe, or something like that. And I did one minute a day for seven days. Then I did two minutes a day for seven days. Then I did three minutes. That's it. And I built my confidence because in the 10 years prior to that, I had tried to start meditating five different times and failed. So I decided to make it as easy as possible to give me confidence, which gave me competence, which gave me more confidence. Mm. All right. So to that point, then, Craig, what's more important, the 5 a.m. club or what you call the five minute club? Yeah. Yeah. Five minute club. Guys are like, what? Five minute club? No. So it's like the five minute club was something that I got into um, when I had my anxiety attack. So, you know, you go back 15 years after I'd gone to the emergency room twice with anxiety. I was waking up in the morning, you know, later in the morning and I'm an early, I like, I love doing everything in the morning. So I'm waking up mid morning, already realizing, man, like half the day has gone to me. So I'm feeling anxious and then I'm rolling over and I'm checking my phone. And right there, I realized, you know what, this has got to stop. So again, I made it the victories simple for me. So I decided to go and get up five minutes earlier and take five minutes longer to check my email. So I had a 10 minute window. Now, a lot of people these days, they hear about the 5 a.m. club and they hear about getting, you know, Jocko Willink getting up at like 4.45 and all this stuff. And so some people go from 7 a.m. to 4.45 overnight. And that only lasts two days. And then the next thing you know, they're like, oh, that early morning stuff's crap. And that's the wrong way to do it, right? Let's get small victories. Victories give us the dopamine hit to get us keep coming back for more. So let's master the basics and keep on expanding on that. It's far more effective. All right, so listen, I know I know the answer. I, I understand exactly where you're going. And, you know, for the record, I'm a big Jocko guy myself. And I know that you probably also agree with a lot of things that he says or does, I would imagine. But, sure. but I know folks listening who maybe are not quite understanding this will say, Craig, how much can you really get done in five minutes or even 10? How would you respond to that? That's a great question. And there's two ways I'll answer this because, you know, when I was a personal trainer, 20 years ago, this was before the days of like real, you know, before uh, high intensity training was really popular and everybody thought you had to go to the gym for 90 minutes. And I was on the leading edge of that interval training and high intensity bodyweight training and all that sort of stuff. And I said, you give me 10 minutes and I will crush you. In fact, if you go to YouTube and type in my name in four minute workout, there's a video there that's been watched over 7 million times Hmm. where I will crush you in four minutes with the right exercises. And then as I became more of an entrepreneur and a business coach, I started to realize same thing. 
you can get an incredible amount of work done in a short amount of time when you properly prepare for it. And so when I've been writing my books, Jim, I can write about 500 words in 15 minutes. So anybody who wants to write a book and just says, oh, I have no time for it. If you write for 15 minutes, six days a week, and you can have any type of decent typing proficiency, you can write about 500 words. And you, as long as you're an expert in the uh, subject matter. So that's 3000 words a week. And Books these days are about 45,000 words. So you're looking at 15 weeks, 15 minutes a day, and then you will have a book done. And so can you get a lot of stuff done in 5, 10, 15 minutes? Absolutely. In the slivers of time. And so, you know, we're left with this choice. Do I go on? You know, I've got 10 minutes. Do I go on Instagram or do I go read a book? Do I go on YouTube or do I go and write a book? Do I go and, you know, screw around on something else? Or do I sit there and you know, study sales for 10 minutes? And in the slivers of time, over time, that compounds. And the next thing you know, in a year and a half, you're an expert at sales or you've written a book or you've built a side business. And it's amazing what can be done in a small amount. So good. So awesome. Now, I want to double back, Craig, to something you said earlier. And you're fond of saying that if you want to do amazing things, if you want to do great things, you need to do fewer things. It sounds counterintuitive, right? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you think about all the things that, that, you know, some, the average person wants to do, you know, they want to get great at golf. They want to lose 20 pounds. They want to, you know, get a raise. They want, or start a side hustle and they want to, you know, spend more time with their kids. And it's like all these things, but at the end of the day, you, you have to cut back because you can't do all of those things at a great level. And Bruce Lee had a great quote when he was alive. He said, it's not about the daily increase, but the daily decrease hack away at the unessential. And so, you know, obviously we start with the social media, just stop with that and stop with binge watching Netflix and stuff and start compressing the amount of things that you do, the number of things you do into a smaller number of things that you do. And then go back to what I said at the start of the show, which is your values and vision drive every decision. And that's the problem with a lot of people is they're, they're scattered. They're taking a scattered shotgun approach to life and not being laser focused because they don't really know what matters. They've never actually done the self-reflection to go, you know, what really matters to me is to be a great husband, to, uh, you know, spend two hours a day with my kids and to make sure that they're well-adjusted kids and to earn this much money. This is the amount of money I need to sustain my lifestyle. And, you know, it doesn't really matter if I go and play golf every week. Like that was fun when I was 23, but not now. And, uh, you know what, I don't really need to watch TV and, and so on and so forth. And so you start to hack away at the unessential so that you become so great at what really matters, what people are going to remember you for at the end of your life. Because I always say this, Jim, is, is at the end of your life, you're not going to remember the money and stuff that you had, but it's the people and experiences, the people that you spent time with and the experiences you had with them. And that's what really drives me to focus on how I spend my time. Every day. You know, it seems to me, I'm going to say this straight up, Craig. I think that the sooner we figure, in my own personal opinion, the sooner we get to that realization, the better off we'll all be. And I think that some people get to it much sooner than others, you know, kind of in line with that. And I've heard you talk about this, but literally every podcast that you appear on concludes with the host asking you, hey, listen, Craig, what's the most important bit of advice that you could offer somebody? Now, I pride myself on being different. I want people who appear on this podcast to think that they're talking to somebody different with a unique point of view and somebody who is researched and prepped, but I will fall in line with that in regards to that point. What is the single best piece of advice that you could give anybody if you had to pick one? Well, I'll tell you right now, because I've shared that one about 
the fact that it's about money, it's about people and experience. But I will say, get up 15 minutes earlier than you are right now and focus on your number one most important either priority, either an opportunity or you know a problem you have to solve. 15 minutes a day, six days a week is 72 hours in a year of uninterrupted, clear thinking on that number one priority. And you might think, oh, what can I do? But as I said before, in the slivers of time, you can move mountains in your life and just do that and you will absolutely transform. Incredible. So really quickly, before I let you go, I don't ever remember a half hour going that fast. There's so much great information in that. I'm really curious. We're talking about what to do in the morning time. Clearly, you feel that a morning routine is critical. I think our listeners would be very curious. What is your morning routine? Yeah, so we just had our first child uh, six weeks ago. Wow, dude. What's that like? What's that like? Let me jump in. What's that like? Congrats. And what's that like? Oh man, it is is everything I, I dreamed about and more. She's just a sweet little angel. It is absolutely fantastic. Good for you, man. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, you got a GSD on your MIT ASAP. Uh, in the morning, we have the greatest willpower, discipline, and intention. So you have to make your to-do list the day before, because if you're doing your to-do list in the morning, you're already too late. So I do my, I'm, I'm planning and preparing right after this call. I'm going to plan and prepare and script out my day for tomorrow so that I know when I wake up in the morning tomorrow, I'm going to GSD on my MIT. Now I'm going to get stuff done on my most important task. Now for me right now, getting up, it's going, we're, we're very fortunate. We have a night nurse who takes care of our baby overnight. So I'm going to go at six o'clock in the morning, take care of the baby for a bit because the baby is the most important thing in my life. But then when I get down to work, I have a one task that is most important on all of my things to do. And I'm going to attack that with energy and gusto. And I'm going to focus on it that because that is the thing that's going to move me ahead in life. And so that's always what it is. Now, before the baby, I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, work for an hour and a half. Now I get up, uh, depending on when we get the baby to sleep at night, I get up a little bit later, but then I spend some time with the baby and then I get to work on my number one task and I do my work. And I actually, I know a lot of people listening to this probably have a job where they have to be in an office or something like that. So, you know, working out first is okay. But if possible, the longer you can push your workout and use it as a reward and do your work in the morning when you have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention, that will actually move you ahead further in life and faster. So that's how I do it. I work for several hours, reward myself with a workout, and then do these calls and podcasts and videos in the afternoon. Isn't it interesting? Because you kind of flip that on its head. Most people would tell you, and most of the people listening right now who may listen to others always hear, get the workout done, get the workout done, get the workout done first. The way I've set my life up, up because I'm on the air at 9 and I'm at the office by 5.30 or so, I always work out in the afternoon. That works out for me. But it's interesting for me to hear you say, use it as a reward. Get the work done first and then the workout. This is great. You're not asking for it, but I'll give you a hack as somebody who's got a couple of kids. Nap when the baby naps. Nap when the baby naps, right? Have you figured that out yet? Absolutely. I've, I've heard it before and, and I'm definitely using it as much as I possibly can. I'm just, thing is, I'm just one of those people who's so excited and fired up during the day that I'm like, oh, I don't want to nap. I'm going to try and work in the slivers of time as, as you hear, but uh, we're very fortunate. She sleeps pretty well. The other thing that I've heard from a lot of parents, and I think this is, a, is great advice for everybody, especially those people going through struggles is that the days are long, but the years are short. And trust so me, even, oh, that's such a great line. It's so true. Years. I'm sorry. I'm so uh, sorry to interrupt you. I just, I couldn't wait to agree with you on that. That finished that thought. That is so true. So true. Absolutely. And so even when she's screaming, I'm just smiling. Craig, can you leave me with one thought? I think that something you've also shared, this is not an original statement, but it's really true. Like 
there are people probably that are struggling and maybe have hit rock bottom. Maybe they're in a really dark place and they just can't see their way out and they don't understand. And I would say, what do you recommend to them? But I'm going to skip to it and, and share the answer. You would say, embrace the suck. Now, you've heard that before. <laughs> it's a famous saying. But what does that really look and feel like and really mean to embrace the suck? Yeah, listen, we're all on our hero's journey, you know. And so you think of like like Rocky, right? Rocky went through the, the lowest of the lows. And then, you know, he went on his hero's journey and went to the highest of the highs. And, and I'm a big believer in reading biographies and reading history and looking back and seeing, man, there's some people who went through struggles like exponentially more difficult than mine. And so they did. They were able to triumph. And there's somebody out there right now who's in a worse position than I am. And they're making more out of life than I am. And I'm going to use that to inspire me to go and kind of turn my frown upside down and, and attack life as much as I possibly can, because I know what it's like to be in a real dark hole. And the way that I look at it is I turned over every rock. It was not fun. I didn't like doing it, but I turned over every rock in order to get myself out of it. And, you know, trust me, if you do that every day and you stack your wins, eventually there will be a day where you just be like, whoa, how did I get here? I'm in mu a much better place. And just surround yourself with positive, like-minded people if you possibly can, and that will accelerate your progress. All right, so I would follow up there, but if I keep following up on things that are interesting that you say, then you're never going to get to your next thing. So let me, first of all, I want to tell you, it's awesome to meet you. I want to thank you so much for your time. If people want to learn more about your teachings or maybe even work with you directly or find your books, what is the best way for them to do so? Yeah, the number one thing to do, I, I wrote my books for, so that my books could be read. So I give them away for free. There's no opt-in required. Uh, you can get the ebook and the audio book at craigballantine.com forward slash free books. You know, just go and grab them there. And if you are on Instagram, I'll read, I read every message. Um, I make time for it in the day. And so I'm at real Craig Ballantyne on Instagram. Would love to hear from everybody. Craig, I tell you, it, I really had been looking forward to this. I'm so glad that you said yes and made time for it. There was so much great, great information in this. You are a great person to see online, a great person to read. Really appreciate it so much, man. Thank you very, very much. That was absolutely awesome. Awesome to be here. I'm telling you, I absolutely love Craig's message his tactics, and his ability to communicate simply and directly. No fluff, no BS, just straightforward, simple, but powerful strategies and tactics. And the guy's like, take, 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 bam, bam, bam. I love it. I love the message, and I love how he delivers it. I'm going to tell you something else. I come away from every single conversation I have on this pod with amazing information and strategies to try and implement in my own life. Frankly, conversations so powerful and so useful that I really would have to go back and listen to them over and over again to fully absorb all the useful information I'm getting. However, he said something that I referenced that did stop me dead in my tracks. I don't know any other guest in the first 42 episodes that has uttered a single sentence that hit me the way this one sentence did. The sentence is literally the entire reason that I've taken this on, the entire reason for going on this journey of reinvention. And that sentence is, quote, what got me here won't get me there. Go back and listen to episode one, where I laid out the entire premise for the reinvention project. It took me more than a half an hour to describe what he just said in about three seconds. What got me here won't get me there.
Exactly. I knew that everything that I had done that had gotten me to where I am would not take me any further. It would not take me where I needed to go. I knew that much. What I didn't know and what I'm still exploring is exactly what it is I need to get there. This is why Craig and his message resonate so greatly with me because he just sums up my entire journey, my entire reason for doing this because what got me here won't get me there. I mean, it's perfect and it's powerful. He's also big on having a big why. Now, when you hear that, you hear it so often now that it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. What's your why? What's your why? Thing is, it's so true. We all know the quality of our life is going to be directly related to the quality of choices we make. Because our choices then lead to our actions and our actions ultimately lead to the kind of life we live. Yeah, I know. Pretty basic stuff. Pretty straightforward stuff. But it's true. I've lived it. Sometimes I make great choices, and sometimes I make crappy choices, even to this day. Fact. However, the times in my life where I consistently made the best choices were when I was most clear on my big why. As an example, on my way up, when I was obsessed with breaking into the business and making my mark, I could see that goal so clearly, it was so clear that I was so clear on the price that I was willing to pay that the decisions and the choices I made practically made themselves. It was actually easy. Before I did or even thought a certain thing, I would ask myself, is this going to help you or is it going to hurt you in pursuit of the big goal, of the mission, of the obsession? If it helped me, I did it. I did it because I derived pleasure from it. Like pure dopamine hits because it was a win and it was getting me closer to the thing that I was obsessed with, getting the dream gig. However, if the choice or the thought did not serve me or it hurt me in pursuit of the big dream, I just didn't do it. If it didn't serve me, and even if I wanted to do it, if it was something that I would consider fun, I still didn't do it because I associated pain with falling behind. I associated pain with doing something that was not going to get me closer to the big goal, or in this case, the big why. The point is, I was so clear on my why and what I wanted that every choice and decision flowed directly from that, and those choices and decisions really did practically make themselves. So make sure you've got that big why and that every choice and decision are made in accordance with it. It's really very simple. Simple, but not easy. And then finally, I love his take on the five things that you should never do. I agree with him on all five of those things. The question is, how many of those five things that you should never do are you actually doing every single day? Like if you're being honest, you might be doing those five things that he says you should never do about every single day. He makes a few other great points, some that we covered and some that we did not, like hitting snooze. You know, hitting snooze is actually costing you a hell of a lot more than just eight minutes, just as that Big Mac is costing you a hell of a lot more than just four bucks. And no, media scrolling is not free. Far from it. It's not free, 
but Craig Ballantyne's message here was, and it was absolute gold, and I cannot thank him enough for it. I just hope that you got as much out of it as I did, and I can promise you that if you listen to it back again, you will get even more out of it. Hey, listen, let me ask you a couple of quick things before I bounce, if you don't mind. First, if you like what you're hearing, can you please subscribe and share the content because it is free, and I have to think that somebody you know might find it useful and energizing. And number two, let me ask you this. If I were to take this concept and develop it even more fully, what if I were to flush it out and turn it into a book? Is that something you would read? Or if I were to take it and turn it into a TV show or I streamed it on a video platform, is that something you would want to watch? Or if I took this message on the road as a speaker, would you want to see it and hear it in person? I'm just curious. Hit me up with your reactions and let me know because these are all things, frankly, that I am pondering. And in the meantime, just know this. Know that I appreciate you finding and listening to this podcast very much. It does mean the world to me. Stay after it, and I will see you all next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.